right, folks, welcome back to Carolina Conservatives. We are preachers with a punch. And man, I'm telling you what, this is going to be a great episode. Once again, we are here to deliver the word to you straight up without any kind of filler. We are here to give you exactly what we think and what the word of God says about issues of our day that need to be completely considered and that need to be taken on by someone. And folks, look, we are here today. I am Dr. Nathan Street, and I'm here with the one and only, the one who has now announced his candidacy for lieutenant governor, who's going to be the subject of our episode today, because look, he's going to be going out there and fighting on behalf of all of us, all of us conservatives. Go ahead and take it, Pastor. And I'm Pastor Alan Mashburn, and as you can see, we're in our campaign sit room. Not not really. This is just from the uh, White House, but Grandpa don't use it, so I figured I'd just move in and use it for a campaign. But uh, it is a joy to be with you, and uh, I'll tell you, I have been all over this state already, but... Uh, uh, somebody, you know, somebody said, are you crazy? Yeah, I'm crazy. Uh, I'm, every day I get up, I realize that. But, you know, the reason why we're doing this and the reason why we even started this podcast is because uh, America's going to hell in a handbasket. We can do better than what we're than what we're getting. And we need leadership. Everything rises and falls on leadership. And we don't have any leadership here in this country. And we certainly do not have much in this state. Now, thankfully, we do have a Republican House and Senate. But um, I'm telling you, we have got to focus on 2024 in prayer, in motivation, and in reality, because uh, we have got to got to really focus on this. Now, the last podcast we put out, it's been some time. And uh, I think we just need to spend a few moments and and give a, a little bit of update of what's been going on. Uh, we have announced a campaign. We did that officially uh, February the 25th. And uh, we had a great crowd, a great number. Dr. Street kept everything rolling. He was the MC, And uh, we had a great number. Uh, I'm not going to speculate. Don't have a final tally. But uh, I'll tell you this, we met every financial goal and even surpassed it. Oh, so right. that is an excellent footprint in our campaign. So uh, I am more than pleased, and um, I'm just amazed at how God has blessed this. And this is what it takes to be considered a, a serious candidate in a statewide race. It's, it is fearlessness. And Pastor, we are certainly thrilled that you are taking this mantle on and that you are willing to go out there and to take all the stones, to take all the slings and arrows, to take everything, all the 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 hatred, uh, and that you're willing to do that to take to really go and and fight on behalf of conservatism, fight on behalf of fundamental Christian values and Americanism uh, here in North Car in North Carolina in North Carolina and. And yes, we have an opportunity in the state of North Carolina to have a fully conservative government there that is working on behalf of the people to be for the people and by the people. And so that is something that we have not had in North Carolina in a very long time, not in South Carolina either for that matter. No. And so uh, very glad that, uh, that you have chosen to do this and very glad to hear that the Lord is blessing it. 
Uh, he is. And uh, again, we've just been amazed. We do not have a choice in this matter. Our children are that important. Yes, we have the huge mantle now that has been passed from the Supreme Court robing uh, overturned. But I'm talking about generations that can be impacted, not just from that one decision. That's huge. Yeah. But generations can be impacted by what we do and how we stand today. We cannot allow uh, Josh Stein to become governor of this state. He is what I call the Gavin Newsom of the East Coast. And he will literally take this state and dismantle it. You yes. see what's going on in California and New York and Chicago. Uh, we will follow that path if that happens. Yeah, and that's exactly what George Soros wants. You know, George Soros wants to see a Josh Stein become governor and then get somebody else in the attorney general position that won't do anything and yes, and, and let lawlessness run amok. And so, yeah. So you know, speaking of that, you know, um, you know, and I think I think uh, some of the things that you know that I have been that I've been working with here is I've had an opportunity to go down to Columbia. Uh, to the state house and had some conversations with senators and with congressmen with the freedom caucus leadership uh, mm -hmm. down there and really getting involved there also with the palmetto promise which is an educational outfit i'll be meeting with uh, jonathan butcher uh, and having lunch with him pretty soon he's also a heritage foundation fellow i've really gotten yep. connected with some folks there and we uh, thank Catherine gorka she has gotten us uh, great connections with that yeah, Katie Gorka has been amazing. And so yet yeah, big kudos to her. I've enjoyed yeah. getting to know her and talking to her. And so those things have been happening. Moms for Liberty has been a, especially in South Carolina, they are very well old machine in South Carolina. And I've just really been able to, to uh, connect with them. And so I'll say this, that it, uh, coming up March 23rd, I'll be up in Greensboro, uh, and I'll be speaking for the Guilford County Moms for Liberty launch. I'd love to have all the North Carolina folks to come out. We are going to be having a great time. Uh, wow. We don't have a place for that yet. So just be watching Facebook for an announcement on that. But we'd love to have, and you don't have to be female to come to this. You can be male and be involved in Moms for Liberty. So that will be at 630, 6 or 6.30. Just be watching Facebook for on the uh, Moms for Liberty Guilford site. I'd be love to have y'all come to that. And then also in May, uh, May the uh, last Saturday in May, I'll be speaking at the North Carolina Thrive Homeschool Convention uh, with one of my colleagues here from Southern Wesleyan University, where we are a conservative oasis for higher education uh, in South Carolina. One of my colleagues, Dr. Simone Adams, and I will be co-presenting uh, at the um, at the North Carolina Thrive Homeschool Convention, and we'd love to, that's in Winston Salem, by the way. Uh, and our presentation is at noon, and uh, I'm thinking it's at the Benton Convention Center. We'd love to have everyone come uh, to be a part of that as well. So, Pastor, where you've got your calendar all filled up, you're going to be in Cumberland County. You're going to be in lots of different places. Where are you headed to? Yeah. Yeah, this weekend, tomorrow, I'll jump in the car. To Well, to this evening, I've got to be in Denton. But tomorrow, I'll jump in the car, go to Onslow County, got a meet and greet down there. Um, and then Saturday, we'll come back uh, through and hit Cumberland County and then Moore County in the afternoon. And then, of course, next week, I'll be in Granville County. Um, I didn't realize, well, I did, but uh, geography was one of my favorite things in school. But uh, 
we've got a hundred counties. And if you're going to run a statewide race, you've got to be acquainted with all of them. And of course we, we enjoy getting, getting out there and talking with the folks. And I'll tell you, a lot of these people who I call the forgot the forgotten folks. And what I mean by that is you're actually out there listening to them about things that really matter. Uh, just yesterday, I was talking with a fireman uh, about retirement that uh, is not uh, competitive and salary is not competitive. I've been talking about memory care, special uh, specialty centers, um, and a lot of these things that you and I have never thought about. But these are real issues and real problems that people have to face. And if I can at least highlight that, uh, those issues, that's going to be that's going to be worth it. Well, let's highlight some issues that especially to do with your campaign, because this is something that we want to see a conservative agenda get in place for North Carolina. So let's yeah. just start out with abortion, because this is the big the big elephant in the room right now, especially in North Carolina with what kind of bill is going to be uh, presented. And there's a lot of contention around whether it's going to be a heartbeat bill or whether it's going to be a conception bill. And so where do you stand on this as as a candidate for Lieutenant Governor? Where would Lieutenant Governor Alan Mashburn fall on this? Well, the Bible is clear. Uh, life begins at conception. And we have not fought and prayed and waited for 50 years to get anything less than eradicating this blithe from our national and specifically state horizon. We have the opportunity of a lifetime. Now, look, you and I both know that I've taken the heat for the, the stand that we have put out as a campaign. And to my knowledge, we're the only campaign in the state that has put out a statement calling for our state legislators to deal from the top, not the bottom, to go in there and demand a total ban. If the if the shoe was on the other foot, you know what the Democrats would do. They've already submitted a bill to codify abortion into state law. Mm -hmm. Currently, we have a 20-week ban in this state, and Governor Cooper will veto anything less uh, he he's told them that if they send in a 19 and a half week, he'll 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 veto it. So here's what we have to do. We have to stand as statesmen for the next generation, not as political worker or, or politicians. I hate the term. Uh, not as politicians who look out for the next election. We have a once in a lifetime opportunity. Now, I've taken the heat for not jumping on the heartbeat bill bandwagon. But here's what I would do if I went in there and was dealing. I would go in there and say, you know what? You're not getting funding here until you give us what we want here. That's what the Democrats do. That's exactly. what a deliberative body does. And so go in there and want a total ban. If all we get is a heartbeat bill, then that's what we get. But the goal should be a total ban. And I am so proud of our current lieutenant governor, Mark Robinson, who I'm looking forward to working with, uh, say just just a couple of days ago that if he had the authority that he would sign and a, a, had the authority and a willing legislature that he would sign a bill into law ending all abortions. 
Mm. So again, this is a once in a life, uh, lifetime opportunity, opportunity, and we need to take it. We need to be bold in our stand. But what do you say, Pastor, to those people who would retort to you, which Democrats often do, and some Republicans too, would retort and say, yeah, okay, I can get behind most, you know, a ban on most abortions, but, you know, I'm kind of really squishy when it comes to cases of rape and incest and and life of the mother. So what do you, how do you deal with those people who say ectopic pregnancies, those sorts of things, you know, that's you get a DNC, you get a, a, a an abortion, even when it's an ectopic pregnancy. So how do you deal with people when it comes to aberrations like that? What do you say? You Are you still for a total ban on abortions? Well, let me start by saying this. The states that have uh, laws already in, in existence, they have noted in their studies that most abortions, in fact, 96% of abortions have been elective abortions, which means they have been used as a means of birth control. Mm -hmm. The cases that were what you just mentioned, rape and incest, were so minuscule. Some have been five, some have been seven, even in the state of Texas, as large of a population. Now, from a biblical standpoint, how do we how do we deal with that? Because we are preachers with a punch, and a biblical worldview dictates how we operate. Right. The Bible makes it very clear that life begins at conception. We've already said that. And the Bible also dictates that every life that is conceived in this world is in the image and likeness of God and is never an accident. Even those who may be conceived in sin are precious. Now, how do we deal with that? You never, you never kill the child. How, in what world is it right? And yes, I'm going to take heat from this. People are going to say, I, you know, you're not a woman. No, I've never been a woman. And thank God I've got good sense. I'll never be one. And you'll never identify as one. I'll never identify. <laughs> that's exactly what I meant. I'll never identify as one. But, you know, in a situation of rape and incest, you've got a perpetrator, you've got a victim, and you've got a child who also becomes a victim in, in a lot of respects because the child never asked to be created or asked to be created in that type of environment or through that circle of events. In what world do you punish a victim? In what world do you punish a victim? There are people in North Carolina, couples in North Carolina, who would love to adopt a child and they are not able to, or the process is so laborious, or the process is so expensive. Listen, there is no reason why we have to react like that in causing abortion for situations such as this. In fact, if abortion had never came into play and was allowed to start with, we would never in our mind mentally go toward that or run toward that. Well, what if? No, you always value the life of a human being. And that's where I stand. And that's where we have to stand. A line in the sand has to be drawn on this because these are people's lives. These are the lives of children and they're precious to God. And we must make the stand that they're precious to us. Exactly. I mean, if either it's a life or it's not, I mean, that's what exactly. it comes down to. And we as conservatives either are going to uphold life 
or not. And speaking of that, you know, with children, having them born, then after they're born, they have to be educated. And so yeah. you as lieutenant governor are going to sit on the school board, the state board of education. So we've got a lot of issues when it comes to education, particularly. But one of those big issues that has always been a point of contention, among, especially the teacher, uh, the, you know, the NCAE, which is, you know, we call it the teacher union or it's the teacher association. I'm sorry, your your sound's going in and out. Oh, I'm sorry about that. I will come back. Okay. So we've got this contention, always been this contention between conservatives and the North Carolina Association of Educators about homeschool, private school, and funding for, for that. And so uh, you being on that State Board of Education, school choice, what we have termed school choice for so long, but you refer to it as parent choice. Can you tell tell our audience, what do you mean by parent choice and what's that going to look like with a Lieutenant Governor, Alan Mashford? Well, school choice could is a broad terminology and it could mean a lot of things. Uh, I'm not going down the, uh, the street yet. Uh, the conversation needs to be talked about, about school vouchers and such uh, opportunity scholarships, which we already have in North Carolina. But uh, the point I'm making is parents need to be empowered. They need to feel empowered. So the wording is very important because they need to know that the state never gets between them and their child. They should be empowered in the education process, not that they take the, 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 the teacher's job in the public school setting but that they're involved and that they have a say, they have every right to come and, and talk with the teacher and just be involved in the child's education. And if they decide that something else is best for that child, then they need to be able to make that choice without any cumbersome laws or, or anything from the state, because the power needs to rest in the parent totally for the child. Now, as far as homeschool, you know, the state or, educational associations, whatever, what have you, would love to be more controlling in the homeschool sector. But I can guarantee you this, uh, as far as those that homeschool, you will be completely safe if I am ever in that lieutenant governor's chair. And if we have a, have a Governor Robinson, uh, uh, that name just comes to my mind. But um, if you have someone such as that in the governor's chair, uh, homeschooling will be completely safe and be uh, completely supported. But the main thing is uh, that I want to convey here is we'll give the liberals a complete heart attack when it comes to uh, uh, CRT, when it comes to social emotional learning. That garbage has no place in our educational system, education needs to be there. I've often said that uh, reading, writing, and arithmetic, that may be old-fashioned, but when you have children who are not uh, proficient in math, but yet we have a bureaucratic situation deploying this uh, indoctrination down from the top, this is not coming from our teachers in the classrooms, uh, they want to teach, they want to educate. They want to do what they feel is their life's calling, and we should get out of their way and let them do it. Mm. So the State Board of Education, let me tell you something. Uh, my vote is already in. CRT, social-emotional learning, all of that garbage, I want out. Mm. 
So you addressed homeschool, and there's a lot of homeschoolers in North Carolina. I mean, that population yes. is greatly increasing. Uh, it's all over the nation is greatly increasing. So particularly in North Carolina, the state superintendent, Kathy Truitt, has, has specifically targeted homeschool parents and homeschool children and has told the Department of Public Instruction to uh, begin assessing at a much greater rate <laughs> The homes and and getting over uh, you know oversight over homeschool um, homeschools. What do you think of that? Do you think that the state needs to be completely hands off with homeschool and or if you think that the state needs to be involved in some way, how much? How much does the state get involved? Well, you can't have parents' choice education if uh, you come on the back end and say, well, the state needs to be looking over your shoulder. Now there is a department of non-public education that. And, and my wife and I homeschool uh, and have uh, all of our children. Uh, and and the way it's set up correctly now is to just keep records and to keep people accountable in the record system and the attendance system. And I do not want to see it go anywhere past that. We must empower and keep the parents empowered because uh, those who would would love to take away those rights only want to make sure that they're able to influence those children in some way. So they would love to, when I say they, I'm talking about the left, uh, they would love to do away with homeschool altogether. Emma. And, uh, and uh, that's, that's not going to happen. Not in North Carolina. That's why we must stand. Yeah. I think protecting parents is the is absolutely the and giving them the power, giving them the influence. One last question on this before we move to the next topic is how much power do we grant parents? Now, I've seen a little bit of some information coming out that uh, some boards of education are even having parent advisory groups, uh, maybe even going as far as to having a parent representative or a couple of parent representatives seated on the board. Um what do you think of that? Do you think that we go as far as to get some, you know, to in, to have parent advisory groups that are looking at curriculum that uh, that have a have the veto power over curriculum or over books that are involved in the that are introduced in the schools, how where the money is spent? How far does that go? Well, <clears throat> my wife and I are products of the public school. And I remember when we were growing up, which we, uh, we turned out. Okay. We, we were very proficient in math. We were very proficient in language arts and, and history. And I remember that, uh, parents were very involved parent teacher association. They worked very much together and, uh, parents were on campus all the time, very much involved. And I don't see why it can't continue working that way. As far as curriculum, there has to be a there has to be an educational element there that uh, we at least have an advisory panel, maybe from parents. But uh, you yourself uh, would listen as as a doctorate of education that you have in your position. You might listen and you would consider and you would certainly respect. But at the end of the day the professional opinion has to come from those who serve and those who teach. Uh, and of course the board of education has the final say uh, concerning the administrative matters 
uh, well, actually the principal or the principal of the superintendent, but the superintendent answers to the board of education in the, uh, the roles that we are, have set up here in this state. So, uh, the parents should be very involved, but as far as, uh, uh, the curriculum, uh, I don't see why parent and teachers cannot agree on a curriculum that is the correct instruction for their children to be prepared to meet the world. And when you start entertaining the thought of the CRT, mm. and that is most unhealthy. When I was going to school as a child, I had I had friends of all races, and we didn't know the difference. We knew that, you know, we might have a different shade of skin, or I might have a, a, a lighter shade, but we were friends. And then I'm friends still with those same folks today. Uh, that didn't matter. Racism did not matter. It never matters unless it's taught to someone to matter. And so that needs to be eradicated uh, from our mentality. I agree. I think that it is uh, it is something that is definitely taught. And now the left is teaching it as a wedge issue to ensure that everyone is divided yeah. And they're so, using it to their advantage, definitely using it to their advantage. They want to keep people upset and, and, and angry at each other. And, and so, you know, and, and then they also want to take away rights. They want to take away as many rights as possible. The conservatives want to, hence the name, conserve uh, human rights, uh, because rights are not granted by the government. They are granted by God. And so the government does, though, have the power to take away um, some of those rights, albeit illegitimately. Uh, so yeah. one of those rights, those God-given rights that's been enshrined in our Constitution is the right to defend ourselves, to protect ourselves. And that right has been under assault for many years, many decades now from the left. And if the left had their way, they would probably take every single gun that is available to us today or every piece of ammunition, whatever they had to do, make it more difficult to purchase it, make it more expensive to purchase it, whatever. What would a Lieutenant Governor Alan Mashburn advocate for? And how would you, what steps would you take to ensure Sorry, doctor, you you froze up there. What steps would I take to 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 ensure that that everyone's God given rights to bear arms and to defend themselves would be protected in North Carolina? Well, you know, when the left comes at us, and they always do, they come and attack the Second Amendment. Uh, they always uh, blame mass shootings on Why? on us. Why who, are they who, after the Second Amendment? Uh, because they want to. Uh, uh, take every bit of rights away from us, and they want to take every bit of uh, uh, self-defense mechanism away from us. So, you know, someone has said, and I repeat it sometimes, but with uh, the Second Amendment, we are citizens. Without it, we are subjects. Right. Mm -hmm. So can you imagine what the left would do if we had turned in all of our guns and we may have a 22 rifle to, to shoot a rabbit if we get hungry enough. Uh, they don't think we should have anything. They, 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 they believe that an assault rifle is uh, an AR-15. They think that AR stands for assault rifle. It does not. They don't have a clue about what they're even talking about. 
the premise is clear. They want to disarm us. They want to disarm us because then they can control us. The reason why we have the Second Amendment is so that we can bear arms, so that we can uh, defend ourselves. Uh, you know, liberal logic tells them, well, if we take guns away, there'll be no mass murders. There'll be no murders. There'll be no shootings. Uh, yeah, just like criminals obey the law. That's worked well for us so far, hasn't it? And if we take away guns, then nobody will ever want to kill again. Well, that's stupid. That's just that's liberal logic. Uh, it's like, you know, if, if I'm fat, let's, bl let's blame the spoon. They never blame the perpetrator. Uh, they would rather lower and do away with cash bail so that everybody could be turned out. All they want is chaos. And we conservatives, as you said and pointed out rightly so, conserve our rights. Under a Lieutenant Governor Mashburn, there will never be any threat in this state to the Second Amendment. We will not allow it. It is in the Constitution to stay, and that is where it's going to remain. And I could care less how many heartburns the left get because of it, because you're not disarming, uh, disarming us. We must have a right to protect ourselves. Can you imagine what would go on? It would be total chaos if we could go outside of our homes and we did not have a way to protect and defend ourselves. Yeah. We would be gunned down. We would be robbed. We, there would be no end. If our listeners do not think that what, pastor is saying is is accurate i'd like you to think back of when when the when joe biden said about uh, our guns and our ability to defend ourselves i want everyone to make sure that you read between the lines with what he said because what he said is what the liberals think he said let them have their guns all they want to we have f-16s <laughs> What Joe Biden essentially said right there was that if we tried to defend ourselves, he would turn the military on American people. That is exactly what he's saying, that if we didn't fall in line and do exactly what he thinks we need to do, he would turn the American people, the American military on its own people. Folks, that was him giving away the farm right there. And that tells us even more so that we must be able to defend ourselves and sustain ourselves even greater, Pastor. Yeah, absolutely. That was an impeachable offense absolutely. as a president of the United States to even give the inclination that you would ever turn against the American people and, well, just recently uh, when they had the terrible chemical spill in Ohio, where did he go? He went to the Ukraine. So I was interviewed the other day and someone asked, said, uh, um, is uh, Mr. Mashburn, is the Biden economy working for you? And I, my response was, I don't think it's working for anyone except Ukraine, because that's, that's the one who, if he wants to run for president over there, let him hobble over there, but let him be their president. Yeah. But uh, we need leadership here. And I'll tell you something, voter. I'll tell you something, North Carolinian. If we don't get activated, and let me talk to the homeschoolers just for a moment. I hadn't intended on doing this, but let me engage the homeschool community. Let me engage the church community. Uh, 
if we don't get off of our rear ends and start taking a stand, this next election may be the very last one we in we have in this country because we have got to show out in force and vote conservative values. You cannot afford any longer to stare at the television and argue with it. Get all of you off of your blessed assurance and stand up for something, stand up for your children, stand up for your country, stand up for the second amendment, stand up for the unborn, and stand up. If you don't, you're going to lose your country. 100%. And that's what you're doing, Pastor. You are standing for uh, and being the voice for those people who feel like that they have screamed till they have no voice left. And it's time we've got pastors that are willing to go out there and stand on our behalf because they're few and far between. You know, we started the pod, the podcast of highlighting the issues, and we 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 knew that we had to do something. We knew that somebody had to take a stand. And uh, uh, you went to South Carolina, abandoned North Carolina, <laughs> and uh, so they've got you down there. So you're doing great things in the caucus and and the conference down there, and, and at uh, Southern Wesleyan, but. I'll tell you, in North Carolina, we have no choice. In every state in this union, folks, we have got to take a stand. And nothing, we cannot sit by the sidelines anymore. It is now or never. And if there's one thing I could convey to you today, it is get behind me and let me run and win this lieutenant governor's race and be the bastion for truth and and understand i don't say that with any ego in my heart or any any anything like that of the sort i'm simply saying i i honestly believe that god has called me to do this or i would not be doing it i i i could get criticism at home or or doing something else and uh I am willing. I've got the thick skin. I'm more than willing to tell people exactly where we stand and what we will not give into and give up because we've given up everything we can give up. It's now time to start strengthening the things that remain, as Revelation says in chapters two and three. We have got to take back ground. We do that through prayer. We do that through leading our families. Men need to be men again. Men need, um, you know, Donald Trump had make America great again. I'm going to have shirts printed up and said, make, uh, make men men again. You know, bring back some masculinity and allow us to be leaders again. And we have women who are leading and and Moms for Liberty are doing a great job. And now husbands are getting involved there. That's astounding. Moms for Liberty has been great to me. Uh, Many of the homeschool communities have been great to me. Uh, Liberty First uh, Grassroots have been great for me. And um, I'm telling you, we've had tremendous support. We just put out some endorsements that uh, uh, has been given to our campaign. But uh, none of that means anything unless God is in it, unless you're praying for us. So we got, we have got to have prayer. Uh, We need money, but we must have prayer. We must have prayer and we must have the church and the homeschool, the homeschool communities uh, engaged in this, because I'm telling you, this is real. We must stand and we must do it now. 
we've got to, or it's going to be over for us. So pastor, where can people go to find out more information about you? Give us your social media links and everything. We're all over the place. We're on Instagram. We're Alan.mashburn. We're on uh, Facebook. Just look us up. Alan Mashburn, Lieutenant Governor from, uh, for North Carolina. You can go to our website and I'll give you the, the very, the most concise link. And it's Alan for NC, the number four, Alan, A L L E N four NC.com. And uh, go in there and sign up. You'll be aware of everything that we're doing across the state. We'll send out updates periodically. We're not going to sell your email addresses. We're going to just feel you, keep you uh, up to date. Uh, anybody who wants to give to our campaign, please consider doing that. I'd, cons- I'd urge you to do it on a monthly basis. And look, I'm not asking for six, $7,000 a month. I am more than happy to receive those $20, $30, $50 a month, uh, people just being faithful, because that's what it takes to win a race like this. You have to be committed, you have to be faithful, and you have to be all in. Amen. Folks, look, look this is it. And I want to also put this out here, that that pastor is still pastoring his church throughout all this. He is still do, uh, delivering the word of God week in and week out and going about the state and doing the same thing yeah. and fighting on behalf of us. We at Carolina Conservatives, we're also not going away anytime soon either. So we're going to keep putting out uh, putting out uh, our uh, episodes here, and you're going to be seeing more of Pastor Mashburn. And as, as things come up, as some of these issues arise, you'll be able to see him address this, and you'll get a first-hand look at exactly what goes on in his mind and exactly what he thinks. Even maybe before he even gets out on the, even more on the campaign trail, you'll get to see it right here on Carolina Conservatives because we are yes. preachers with a punch. We don't hold back, baby. We let it all hang out. And so we want you to join in and and really support Pastor and make sure that we get him in the Lieutenant Governor Mansion in Raleigh just as quick as we can so that he becomes uh, our spokesperson, just like Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson has been. He becomes the spokesperson for conservatism here, right there in North Carolina. Y'all, we look forward to having you uh, with us again as we continue to bring about new good news and we continue to fight back against bad news. We are Carolina Conservatives Preachers with a Punch. I am Dr. Nathan Street. And I'm Pastor Alan Mashburn. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening to this podcast, this interview. Certainly, if you have any more questions, just reach out to us through the website. Many people have wrote in and said, uh, would you come and speak to our group? We will certainly be able to do that. You'll go to our website, www.allenfornc.com. You can go on there. There is a link on there, Book Allen. And you can just fill in your information and we will get back to you. God has uh, put together a team across the state for us, and they really have been a help. And we look forward to expanding and uh, having a larger footprint. But we will definitely come and speak at your church, speak at your homeschool group, and uh, speak at whatever, whatever the venue. Just reach out to us. But I want to say from the bottom of my heart, pray for us. 
pray for us. Yes, I'm still pastoring. Yes, we still do a radio broadcast, podcast, pod. I have two podcasts. Um, uh, there's much to be done. And uh, you just pray for us. Pray for Dr. Street. Uh, he's coming back and forth across the border uh, for a lot of these events. And so pray for all of us. We need and covet your prayers. And my friend, your children are worth the fight. Amen. And we ask that you join with us. We trust that you have a great time in the Lord. And uh, thank you for joining us today. God bless you.